My guest this week is Harry Thomas, and he's a singer-songwriter based in Bristol. Hey Harry, how you doing? Doing alright, Alex. I find that I'm always very good at describing things I don't like rather than things I do like. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm one of those people where I can be, it's much easier for me to be negative rather than be positive. Yeah, I think, yeah, because it's trying to make yourself sound worth listening to, but also keep yourself from sounding arrogant. Oh, yeah. It's going to be difficult. Well, I mean, I mean that with just music in general. I'm much easier to articulate something I don't like. Yeah. But when I listen, I think that's, I think it's a good thing though because a lot of th- you, know, you know when you listen to something you kind of go sometimes you don't know why you like it you just do yeah it's a bit more sort of instinctive you know what mm. I mean I haven't actually thought about that but I think I do know what you mean like I think yeah. that's better I'd rather be I'd rather be like look I don't like this for this this and this but I don't know why I like this I just do mm. you know yeah does anything come to mind when you say that, like anything that you just can't explain why you like it? I don't know. I think, you know, it depends on what it is, doesn't it? I think, yeah, I mean, like the most common thing for me is to be like, yeah, I like this because it sounds like this or reminds me of this. Yeah, or, but there's plenty of things that I would go, you know, oh, I don't like, I don't like that because, you know, just because I like, you know, this one metal band doesn't mean I'm going to like Da, 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 da. Mm. I don't know. It's hard. I find that with a lot of, with a lot of sort of music genres I don't listen to massively. I might like one band in it, and then someone will be like, "Well, you're going to like this, 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 and this," and then I listen to it. And I go, mm-hmm. "No." Yeah. It's just this one thing for me. What's well, like um the guy I'm doing all my work doing the work with Stu, he's massively into Fleet Foxes. Uh, he's massively into singer songwriter stuff, but he fucking hates Father John Misty. Like really? absolutely <laughs> fucking hates him, but he likes Jay Tillman as yeah. you know him as actually being himself rather than being Father John. Yeah, he likes that, but just hates it. Like his actual like this new stuff. I'm like, you know, but then I'm like, you know, that's fair enough. But I mean, is that like the lyrical content rather than anything else? No, it's every it's the music, it's everything. Oh, that's so, that seems so strange to me. Like I even like I'm not a huge John Misty fan, but like. You know what I've heard of his, I think is really cool, and I think there's, you know, like a, a range of stuff in there. It's not, and surely like, I don't think I've actually heard because I know he was he was he co-writing the Fleet Foxes stuff as well. I think so. I think on um, well, I kind of get the vibe from Fleet Foxes that Peckfold is um, he runs the show, you know. Yeah, is that? I, I maybe I don't know, I don't know if he was, but he's a songwriter though, so you'd think you'd have some, you know, horse in the race on it. But then again, you know, maybe that's why he started on his own, because no one was taking him seriously. Yeah. Are you can't, this is a funny story. I got tested when I was a kid. I was about four or five. Got tested to see if I was, like, going deaf. Yeah. Because I've got such a loud voice. <laughs> and it wasn't, like, you know, it wasn't until I had, like, vocal lessons that I was, you know, properly told, like, you have to, like, subconsciously think about how loud you're speaking. Is that something that people say about you a lot then? Like you get, because I've personally no, not noticed. No, 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 but like not anymore. But um, when I was about 15, 16. Yeah. Yeah. Really, especially if I have earplugs in. I know yeah. everyone's like that. But for me, I go full. Just yelling. It's like, uh, <laughs> you know, 
did you just have to think your way out of that or were you actually for a little bit yeah but that's quite strange I've not heard of something like that before no well I was going to say that whatever you did obviously worked it was so one of, well I think I had, I had vocal well. lessons and then my teacher was just like, like you need to just I think maybe just relax I don't know if it was really relaxing or does that help when you're on stage I used to do busking quite a lot, and I never used to uh, bring any PA with me. Mm. So, I suppose it does. Yeah, I mean, it depends on... it out in the streets. Yeah, I mm. don't, don't really do it anymore. How come? Was it, what did you just do it just to get some money, or was it like a, um, hoping you'd get noticed? So when I first started out, it was just, I think for me, it was more practice. Mm. I kind of thought, you know, if I went and did that, that if I could, if I could... Because in my eyes, you know, you you write music to, in some way, get a reaction out of people. Like, you have this sort of subconscious thought in your head, and then you have the urge to, you know, make it into something. Like any, like any art. And then, um, I mean, I'm happy with it as long as it gets some sort of reaction out of people. I just, I just can't stand it when people are just sort of, like, completely, like, like I'm not even there. Mm. You know? Well, so you'd rather people... I'd rather people hate it. Yeah. At least have an opinion on it, rather than be, like, just completely... Like, when you play someone something, they go, oh, that's okay. Yeah. And you go, oh... You know? You'd rather them... I'd rather them be like, I don't like it for this, 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 and this. And you yeah. go, okay, cool. You Is know, at least at least you've made, it's made you think. At least it's made you, you know... If it's completely just, like... Just nothing. It's just like, oh, my God. Are you, are you pretty good with taking criticism then? No, I don't care. Yeah, because I always think that would be something that would really worry me if, 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 like, a close friend or something was like, "Yeah, man, like, it's cool that you've tried, but my flatmate is off. absolutely horrible to me. Absolutely horrible to me. He, <laughs> like, we just got this running joke about so before I moved up to Bristol. You know, I was saying, "Oh, when I move to Bristol, I'm going to be gigging all the time. You know, mm. I'm going to be up so much more. You know." I'm really going to come into my own. He's like, oh, yeah, you know, that'd be good. Since I moved up, I had to get a job, and I've just sort of not changed my attitude towards it, but sort of gone more into a songwriting creative mode. He's just been like, when are you doing your next gig? Oh, what are you going to be gigging all the time? And it was like, you know, and it's yeah. like, oh, I'm not gigging. I said, I'm just going to do so many gigs. But, I mean, is that motivating you, or is it just why? Oh, I don't up? care. It's just yeah. like, you know... It's funny. Yeah. But, you know... Up to a point. Yeah. One day you'll... Yeah. One day maybe, I'll completely Maybe that session, you know, maybe you were... You have to come back and show him a... Well, a I would rather... With 50, tour poster with 50 yeah. dates on it. I kind of feel feel like for what I'm doing at the moment as well, it's not, necess- it's not necessary. You know, I'm more trying to reinvent what I'm doing rather than sort of... That's something I found when I first started, as I just sort of try to get out the gate as quickly as possible without actually really knowing what to do. Mm, what, in terms of writing or playing? Both. Yeah. So I kind of thought, right, finish college, try and book some sort of a tour, you know, record something somehow, you know, I'll make, you know, I, I had no plan, which, you know, which well, I don't think is a bad thing, you know, it's a learning experience. Mm. I don't regret doing it. But then... At the same time, I kind of come. I've come to a point this year where I've kind of gone. 
taken a step back from it almost and gone, this is actually what I really want to be doing. Because mm. it's sort of just built and built upon itself, but on this sort of foundation that I didn't really know where it come from. Yeah. That made sense, if that makes sense. Well, so you, you, it was like a, a proper like following your heart move to, to move to Bristol and follow music kind of thing. Well, I kind of think, you know, my parents live, my parents live out in the middle of nowhere, which is, you know, at, you know, I really liked it, but, you know, I, you know, I love my parents' house and I love going home, but I feel like it's a real, not just for music, but I think it's a real step up for anybody to truly, especially for me, because I didn't actually have a job in Bristol when I moved up, mm. so it was kind of going in the deep end. How did you support yourself when you first got here? Oh, I oh I had a job at um I got a job at Oxfam, working for um, doing uh chugging, chugging like, <laughs> chugging, like charity mugging. <laughs> I did it for four days. I couldn't do it anymore. Oh man, yeah. I've got a thick skin, but I cannot do that because people are just so reduction. horrible to you. Yeah, the people who run it were really nice. They couldn't have been nicer people to work for. But, like, I just couldn't deal with it. Like, January, going out into, like, the middle of Bristol, just having to stand there all day trying to stop people. And it's just, like... After you, you literally just stood there with a the pot where you, like... You know, no, you have a... Uh, so I'd have, like, course. a you have like an iPad, and then you have to sign people up to donate to Oxfam long-term. Mm. Which I do now. I, I, start, I started doing it, even though, you know... So you managed to sell it to yourself? But not so much to the people of Bristol. Well, I kind of felt felt a bit more. I felt a bit like I feel really dishonest if I was to be out there being like, "Oh, you, I think this is a good idea, and you should do this." If I wouldn't actually do it myself. Yeah. Which I think it is a good idea. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Yeah. Cool. Because I I see it as at the end of the month, the one thing that goes out, I think I donate like three pounds. It's like three pounds that actually goes on something that's not shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? It wasn't a cup of coffee. It wasn't you know just some random crap it was you know it's actually going to go make a big difference yeah well I'm going to ask you some of my written questions now cool um, and I yeah this is a section called firsts and I'd like you to tell me about your first experiences with live music and festivals live music mm. this this could be whether you're so you're I think the first gig I can remember going to I went to go see uh, so back where I'm from I I'm from quite near Glastonbury and they had the Glastonbury extravaganza every year after the festival in the in the cathedral ground in the abbey ground I think I saw the feeling there mm. and Kate Nash and Paolo Lutini oh, wow. what a lineup! <laughs> yeah uh, I remember going I must have been about nine or ten within the first gig I actually wanted to buy tickets for and go to I think was Paramore at the A2 a bit of a change of pace yeah yeah Teenage, well, not even teenage. Must be about twelve. <laughs> Did it live up to your expectations? It was, uh, you know, they were, they were really they were really good. I'm gonna, I, that was actually a really really good gig. Thinking yeah. about it, like they were, you know, that's not my sort of thing now. But you know, it's kind of like at the time it was a great great thing to go watch because it was like a proper you know proper touring band and you yeah. know huge gig. Yeah, the cool. O2 Arena is kind of like wow this is what you know because I think they're, they're all quite young as well I think they're all like 20 21 ish yeah, really, yeah. so like they've been huge for years though, haven't they? So yeah I know yeah. but I was kind of like wow you know they're 21 and they sell out this place in you know the fucking UK yeah. and they're from America 
you know it's possible yeah I guess so yeah so like what about with um, with yourself with playing live like what do you remember your first gig or your first gig uh, under, your own, under your own name I'm trying to remember what it was what were we classing as a gig getting paid or um, actually playing in front of people I'm, I'm going to say say uh, just playing in front of people because I think a lot of people won't get be paid for gigs for a long time, will they? Well, I so I did this thing at school where I did uh, I played guitar to um, I played to a guitar track of uh, Nice Sidonia by Muse. Yeah, I did that in front of like like a like a music showcase thing, and I, that's probably the first time I'd properly performed in stage in front of it. A lot of people didn't even know. I remember doing it, and a bunch of people from school came to me. I didn't even know you play guitar. Yeah. You know, sort of thing. A, a song like that, like. Yeah, well, that was kind of like. It still kind of is maybe my magnum opus of guitar playing. Like, I've never, like, <laughs> matched what 15 year old Harry can play on guitar. But then, um. My first actual acoustic gig where I played by myself, and I, that was before, I think, even playing in a band. Hmm. I played down at a brewery back near my parents' place. Mm-hmm. And I think I got paid 20 quid for that. Really? Yeah, played for half an hour. And I basically just did, I think, the Nirvana MTV Unplugged. I did, like, half of that, <laughs> like, for half an hour. Was it well received? It was all right. Yeah. You know? I just, first time I'd sang in public as well. I think I'd done busking, though, before that. Mm. A little bit of busking. Um... What are you scratching there, man? I oh, it's back in my neck. All right. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I'll, sit, I'll yeah. sit on my hands. <laughs> it's just, it, there's no problem. No, no, no. Don't do it over when you're speaking, because then it's yeah, like, yeah. just completely ruins the... Audio. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, are your family musical? Like, do you, Did you learn guitar, like, with your... No, I'm going to start that again. I hate stumbling over my written questions. That's all right. Um... Yeah, are your family musical, and have you been learning music from a very young age, or...? No. Well, my family is musical. Um, so my mum plays piano, plays pl- clarinet, I think she plays accordion as well. Oh, wow. Yeah, but she doesn't play, I think, as much as she would like to now. Just, you no know, time just work and yeah. kids and everything. My dad is my dad's really into music, but he isn't... He doesn't play anything, but he's really into like prog rock and, you know, yeah, like Frank Zappa and early mm. Yes and Genesis and like some really sort of hardcore shit as far as like yeah. abstract seventies music. When you think about like things like Trout Mask Replica and stuff like that, does he actually enjoy that album? Well, I don't know if he enjoys it, but it's like one of the few people who I've been like, oh, I found this album. He goes. Oh yeah, I fucking you know it's fucking awesome that album. It's don't know if you actually enjoy it. it. Yeah, but yeah, I spoke know. to someone I used to work with, and I was like, oh, do you, because he's he's the same kind of music yeah. taste actually, very like prog and you know long form kind of guitar soloy stuff from seventies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, oh, do you like Trout Mask, Trout Mask Replica? And uh, he said. He said, I don't know if I enjoy it, but I respect it. Oh, that's the same same thing for me. Yeah. I just, I'm amazed that you were able to do it. Especially it's in the time. you got to think, you know, Beefheart can't play anything. And mm. he's playing a piano. And he can't play it. He doesn't know what he's playing. Yeah. 
when he's asking all these other musicians to play parts on piano that he's writing on a stringed instrument which is completely different as far as scales go and he was like screaming at them yeah screaming at them like hey really like and I think they have to rehearse it all as well how can you rehearse that there's nothing to like there's no click or anything you know what I mean like and there's all that weird stuff about the vocals being recorded in the wrong in the different room yeah but not mic'd up so he was singing along with a band that were playing like you know, a little bit ahead of him yeah, because yeah. they couldn't hear. And it was all... But they didn't fix that and they just no. left that on the recording so it sounds weird. I love Zappa coming in and out on the recording. Yeah, he's like he's like he's because he records it, doesn't he? So he's in the he's in the control room where he'd just be like, that was great or something. Which is <laughs> <laughs> like this is amazing. With writing songs and playing music, are you still learning new things? Yeah. So what, what inspires you to learn these new things? And um, I think listening to listening to other artists mainly, going to see other people playing a lot of the time. It's good to understand what you would you know what you want to do, also what you might not want to do at the same time. Yeah, you might go go see an act and be like, oh, I thought I would like to do this, but actually, no. Does anything come to mind? Um, well, just for example, I don't know if wouldn't want to do it, but when I went to go see Matt DeMarco last week on Sunday, uh, when he finished up the set, he just did, like, 40 minutes of, like, cover songs at the end. Yeah. I was just kind of like... I mean, he was, yeah, he was drunk. You know, and it was, it was funny for a bit, but then, like, I kind of was a bit like, would have rather you just actually played your own songs yeah. rather than try and attempt these covers that no one actually knows how to play, and you're just, you're just sort of... You're going for it, and it's funny, because it, it, it is all, like... Completely on the spot, but yeah. like forty minutes of it. Did it could nah. you tell? Like, were the audience a bit bored of it, or did it? Well, we all, yeah, everyone who I was with had left. We left at that point. We left early. Really? Yeah, we left early. Oh, okay. Because he was, he's like, you know, he's, he plays still together last, doesn't he? At every show he does. Mm. So like, it was during that he was playing all these cover songs. So we knew it was his last song. He's just trying to get. He's just trying to hit the curfew. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of sad actually. Because he's got, like, what, like, four albums or something now? Like, Yeah, well, I would, you know, if it was, material. like, for ten minutes, I would have been, like, okay, this is funny, but, like, 40? Yeah. I mean, I, like, I, I remember seeing him, and he did, like, a, a joke cover of um, of some, like, Guns N' Roses song or something yeah. like that, and he's, like, changing the lyrics, and it's yeah, funny, yeah. and then he goes back into the set, and it's fine. Yeah. But you're right, like, he does, like, a that weird cover of um, the Vanessa Carlton song. He did Seal... Um, yeah. He did uh, Chili Peppers. He did The Darkness. <laughs> I mean, yeah, those were funny, but like he kept on going. Like he did. I think he did Guns N' Roses. I think he did Metallica as well. Yeah. Like he like like five. That's what I can remember. And I left. You know. Yeah. So that's yeah. I mean, maybe scatter them across the set at least rather than. I think. Well, I think it's just you know he's just trying to build it up to go out of a bang. But I'd rather do something more. Not artsy, but a bit more like fully formed. I'd rather be like come on with a plan and be like, right, we're going to play this, play this, and there's a reason we're playing them in this order. Yeah, you know, and it's all going to build to this one point at the end, rather than be like, oh, we're going to go play on what we want and then yeah. just fuck off. Yeah, I mean, but you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, that, I personally really like it when you get um, bands who, who do like a live version of a song. Yeah, because there's something about the recording that they can't recreate live or something, so they adapt it or make. This is something we're doing at the moment. I'm doing because we. So everything I've been recording recently 
it's just been been bouncing back and forth between laptops and you know different reaper files but then um we actually went down to uh music ape down gloucester road a couple of weeks ago we're playing trying to play some of the songs live and you know and we're actually sort of going well actually we could you know we would play it completely like live we play it completely differently mm. if we tried to do it with two or three people you know well, so you're fleshing it out a lot more from what the recordings are saying. Like. Well, we're going to do we're going to do the recordings as I think we should do the recordings as best we can and what we want, and then live we can turn it into something else. Within I feel like there's two separate things almost. So you do the recording with its own limitations there. Yeah. And you go to the places you can go on the recording. But then you you know you accept your limitations, whatever it is, budget, you know, studio you know, whatever. But then live, you know, maybe you have a few more, you, you have maybe less limitations in some ways, but then you may have only got three people playing with you. Yeah. So you got to see, you know, what loopers are you going to use? You can do any sampling, anything like that. Is it working out quite well or are you happy with the results? Yeah. 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 It's a, I think it's a bit of a, I wouldn't say it's a slower burn, but um, it's sort of, I'm taking my time with it. Yeah. I'm not in, I used to, well, I, I used to feel like I was always in a bit of a rush for some reason. What, now to, I'm a to, bit to figure out how you want to sound or? That, but also just to get stuff done. I was kind yeah. of a bit like thinking, okay, I need to get this done mm. so I can get the next thing done and the next thing done. Yeah. When actually I hadn't even got my feet off the ground. So, you know, it didn't really matter. I suppose you're probably going to come out with something a bit more, you know, complete and something that you're definitely happy with if you take the pressure off yourself. So, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's not that I'm not happy with the last project I did because I, I am, but um, I just think that I think I'd rather, I think what I'm, the only thing I'm happy about it is I don't know if it sounds like what I really, what I maybe really write and what I really listen to and the music I really enjoy mm. as much now I mean it's, the thing is you know on that on the last project I did there are songs I wrote on there when I was 16 and I'm 20 now mm. so it's like it's like a different person yeah so like would, would you would you um, do you play any of the songs that you played then now or is it definitely like a past thing well I was thinking about it so I did a gig a couple of weeks ago and I did play some of my old songs but it was more just because I was helping a friend out mm. and I just you know I needed something I just knew how to knew I could do you know straight away you know I didn't really need to rehearse it for hours so I did play some new stuff and I played some old stuff and there's some tracks that I thought maybe I could rework but then I'm a bit like I'd rather it be like I kind of see it as I say it's like if I was a painter it's like bringing out an old painting I did, but just that no one liked that much. But I really like it, and just sticking it with all my new ones, even <laughs> though it, even though it doesn't really fit with them, yeah. like tone or start, you know, or mood wise. That's you know what I mean? Actually, yeah, because I think, I think I that's quite, maybe how you know bands get like really famous bands get sick of just like wheeling out the hits, yeah, and doing you know. I mean, the crowd obviously would be let down if they didn't hear their favourite songs from, you know, five or ten years ago or whatever. But you could, I, that analogy, I, maybe that's how a lot of these bands feel. Like. Mate, well, I, I, I don't know if that's more of a live saying, isn't it? I feel like with creative process, some bands do it really well. Like Radiohead are a band that really, 
like work on old songs very well like you know in Rainbows and Moonshade Pool those two albums are filled with songs they wrote 20 years ago before mm. they actually released them you know like you know like Nude and Reckoner and True Love Waits you know written True Love Waits is like 20 yeah, years yeah. old or something yeah they wrote, I know they wrote Nude and uh, Weird Fishes like during OK Computer mm, have you seen this really cool actually have you seen that um, Meeting People is Easy yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> And you see, like, a, uh, he's like, oh, what's that chord that comes next? And he hasn't come up with it yet. And it's, yeah. Stu was telling me, who I've been doing the music with, he's telling me about this uh, OK Computer in Rain. Have you heard this? The OK Computer in Rainbows theory that they're oh, actually, like it's, it's an actually a double album yeah, and they you, fit together. You play like one, one, two, two, yeah, yeah, like yeah. track listing. That, that, yeah. And it's like, well, they both have, you know, two letters as the first word in the album and 10 as the second <laughs> or whatever, you know, and they, and they both have 10 tracks. Yeah. And you put them together. And I go, and it's kind of like bollocks. Bollocks did like fucking in 1995 or whatever it was, was, you know, he sat there going like, in 10 years time, we will release, you know, arguably our best album, mm. yeah. you know, and it will fit perfectly with the album we're writing now. Yeah. But that I kind mean, of thing, maybe. But that, that's the thing, like all of that sounds a bit too convenient to me. But then there was that, the one thing that made me think maybe there's something to it is that they like, one of the people who put this conspiracy theory online contacted one of the Radiohead press managers and said yeah. like, can they comment on this like are they aware of this theory and they one of them one of the band or one of the press uh, one of the press people had said I oh know I think it was a band member yeah so one of the band yeah, said yeah. if they can't see what we're doing now then no, maybe they I think, never will no so I've seen this I've, I remember seeing I've seen that and I remember watching an interview with Tom York and he's like almost gr- like angry and grumpy about how people haven't noticed like this really like grand shit in their music like this like overarching thing that they put in yeah and no one seems to have noticed it like all these easter eggs and I think you know <sighs> if there was a band to do it oh yeah yeah, yeah. I think I kind of feel like the OK Computer in Rainbows one is real. I've been converted. Mm. I, w- I want to believe that, that you know I like. They're to so similar. They're so well. Not I don't think the albums are similar, but I feel like they flow so well together. Yeah. Like Airbag and Fifteen Steps are in the same key. Yeah. They, like if you listen to it back to back on you know Spotify, whatever it is, it is insane how well it flows. It does. It feels like one album. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, I mean, if it flows better than like Kid A on Amnesiac, if you did that, because that was actually you all written at the same time, yeah. wasn't it? So that should sound, yeah. I, mean, I really hope, I really hope they let it out eventually. That you know, it's going to be on the deathbed, isn't it? Tom York's yeah. going to be like, you <laughs> know, like his dying breath. We're all Freemasons secretly, and you know, <laughs> and all our music's about you know lizard people. Yeah. That's going to be it. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Before we speak about Radiohead for hours, what do you think is the most exciting part about uh, writing and recording and working with a band in that way? I think the most important, well, exciting thing for me is creating something that is just completely from nothing. Mm. Like, it's uh, the being compelled to make something as an artist is like you have something subconscious rattling around inside your head. And you manage to manifest it into the real world. It's the way I see it, you know. You know, I, I, I think I think music and any music is magic, in my opinion. Mm. And art, it's like you you bring something that you can't describe, you can't, you know, it's not tangible to you, but you feel it inside your head, 
and you make it into a thing mm. you know and that's why that's why I think it's so important when people listen to music that they actually try and connect with it and they try and understand what it is well, do you, yeah, because I find it quite strange when you find someone who's like an avid music fan who has never even considered writing their own. Like, I mean, if you're not a musician or something, but I know people who play an instrument. Yeah. And oh, don't don't write music themselves. Just, just not interested. Well, yeah, in my girlfriend's like that. She yeah. yeah, well, she doesn't really play piano anymore, but she used to play, and yeah, she she I think she's really good. And um, but she said to me like like she's classically trained, and I'd be like. Or would you riff along to anything? Like maybe I'd wrote. And she's like, well, I can't. I don't improvise. I read music and I play it. Mm. You know? I don't know how to, you know, write things. When mm. I learned completely from here, like my guitar teacher was like, okay, we had tabs and stuff, but he, mm. you, know, you know, he was like, look, we're learning this. You're not going to learn any theory. You're going to do just trial and error, you know, and then you'll pick it up eventually, you know? Mm. So that, yeah, you've, that's how you've learned, is it just purely from... Well, I, if I learn something, I can't... I learned recorder when I was about six, and I learned how to read music then. Yeah. And I can, if you gave me a piece of music, yeah. I could work it out, but I wouldn't be able to do it quickly. Mm. You, know? I, you know, I know where C is, and I can go like, you know, oh, okay, two up from that, okay, yeah, got I, that. Yeah, I could like, count you know, that, I think. But. Yeah, I could work it out, but I, you know, you'd have to give it to me like a week before. I'd be there like, I've got it. <laughs> Yeah, I couldn't read and play, for example. Yeah. Okay, that brings us on to why does it matter? And Harry, why do you think writing and playing music matters? I kind of think it's what makes us different from any other animal on the planet, in my opinion. I mean, you know, it's what makes, you know, it's, it's, the, it's the human element manifesting itself you know what other what other thing on the planet makes its own things mm. you know what i mean well, it's just, you mean it's not functional at all it's it's much well more, it's just there for enjoyment yeah you know i think you know if i if i just went to work if i just got up went to work came home cooked went to sleep and i didn't do anything yeah i you know i have done that and you know it drives me insane mm. you know i can't i can't function without actually sort of you know having the release of okay i've done something today i think that is i think that's why it's important and it's also important because it's it's reflective for people you listen to music and you you maybe learn something about yourself that you didn't really understand but someone has put it down into their music or their art and you you know you see it and you see yourself in it i find that all the time that's in my opinion the best music is stuff that is even on a subconscious level you know, maybe on surface level, maybe the lyrics are meaningless, maybe, you know, whatever, but the way the music, the way the music's been written, you know, the way whoever's singing it or, you know, or it's being played, yeah. it's just very profoundly affecting you. Something that you mm. maybe didn't even know was there. Yeah. I th- yeah, I find it, like, with especially the meaningless lyric thing, you can enjoy a song just for the general feel of it and yeah. not have anything you know relatable in the lyrics or anything and still just get something quite profound that's something yeah that's something I've because I hate writing lyrics I absolutely fucking hate it Mm. Um, it's my least favourite thing to do when it comes to writing a song how do do you write lyrics? Um, well what I've started doing now is I'll finish um, a track on guitar and then I'll write a vocal melody for it and then I'll re-record it again and I try and put syllables in mm. and then I try and work something out from what the melody is 
rather than try and write something to it. Yeah, okay. So maybe I would sit, sit there and I'd sing it, but I'd sing words subconsciously, and if something makes sense and it fits the mood or whatever, mm. then I'll keep it. Does it take, it, does it it take takes a, a lot longer. Yeah. But in my opinion, it's way more maybe what I'm actually thinking yeah. when I'm playing rather than... Because you're not putting yourself under that's what, pressure. Um, yeah, I think... And necessarily, you might... Um, you, you, you will write something, I think, that is, really connects with you and is, you know, very profound, but the words could be, like, you know, just be very weird. Mm. Like, um, there's this Bonnie Iver song where it's, I think it's last song in it, Forever and Forever Ago, it's called, like, Restacks, regarding mm. stacks. And the chorus is just, like, it's, like, it's just talking about stacking things. <laughs> All right. It's just, like, it's just so mundane. Yeah. You know, it's such mundane language, but, like, it's the way he's saying it and the way he's playing, like it flows so well together. Yeah. But it's not about what he, it's not about, it's the, it's the atmosphere, it's the mood he creates. Yeah. And you you, know? that's something that you like. That's you, what I'm, that's what I strive for now. Yeah. You know? A bit more, um, a bit less tangible, more of a, a vague. I think less tangible, I think less just completely obvious of what it is mm. from first glance, you know? But also maybe building something that is a bit more, you know, it's got a deeper layer to it. It's you know, you if you slice you slice through it, and you know, there are layers underneath it, and it's not just here's a song I wrote on guitar, and mm. I got someone to drum on it, and someone to play bass. No, there's not anything wrong with that. But I quite like the idea of really sitting on something and really working on it for a long time, and then putting it out when I think it's absolutely. I mean. You know, it's a thing. Of, you, no, nothing's ever really finished. Mm. But getting to a point where I feel like I can step back and be like, okay, I'm done with this project yeah. for now. I'll move on to the next one. Yeah. So with that kind of mentality, do you think uh, you know there's anything? But if if, mu- if music wasn't in your life, do you think there's anything that comes close to having that level of importance to you? Like, what would replace it? If I didn't do music. Mm. Um. I used to do painting quite a lot. Yeah. Um, I wish I, I wish I had room in my flat to do painting again. I used to absolutely love it. Mm. Um, I find it quite good as well to take inspiration from things like paintings and different art forms, not just music when it comes to writing music. Mm. Like I was watching that um, Vox did a little documentary about uh, Radiohead doing the Blue Planet thing. Theme. Oh yeah, and they're yeah, saying yeah, how it's yeah. based from um, this type of painting where it's just loads of little dots, and then it creates a bigger picture. Yeah. And Tommy was talking about how he create has all these small loops on the Bloom track, mm. and they create like this massive soundscape. They're all the same thing, but they're just all coming in and out of sync with each other. Mm. And you kind of go, that makes total sense. Yeah, you know, but you wouldn't think to apply it to music like that. So maybe something like that. But I also, I, I quite enjoy, um, I, go, I go rock climbing quite a lot. Yeah. I quite like how, um, I find it quite relaxing. Yeah. Because, you know, can... Because it, it, for me, it just, it be, everything becomes very basic. It's just like, I just need to go up. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and it becomes, you stop thinking about, you shut off, you know? Mm. It's just, I'm going up. I get to the top. Yeah. You know? Is it quite fulfilling then? Is it like... Yeah, it's very similar, satisfying for me. On a on a, on a similar scale to music at all? Or? Mm, 
no, I mean, no, I do enjoy it, but it's, music's the number one. The next section is called Overlooked. And as a singer-songwriter, I'm sure you've come across plenty of people who are maybe going for a similar style or coming from a similar place. So if, is there anyone or anything that you think has been overlooked in that area of music? I think a lot of time, a lot of the times these days, and this is something I've noticed, that people will just push to get as much stuff out as possible and do as much touring as possible and to do... I understand why they do it, you know, in the, in the world of social media where no one gives a fuck about anything for longer than two minutes, you mm. know. It's very, very hard to be like, I'm only going to make one album and it's only going to be half an hour long and I'm not going to do anything for four years, you know. Yeah, it's very... I, you know, people just don't have that approach anymore, you know. I, but I think there's nothing wrong with really taking your time with something. Like, I've thrown out, I throw out so much material that I don't want to play. But mm. I think that's just the way I have to do it. I have to be like... Sure, I could have, I could have, you know, earlier this year recorded something and put something out. But I chose not to because I knew if I'd done it, I'd be in a position now where I'd be a bit like, why did I do that? And I think there's... Something you know I've learned is not to just yeah because there's a lot of bands who I feel like push to put albums out consistently. Mm. Like, it's like huge rock bands like you know Foo Fighters. It's like the last Foo Fighters record. It's just so like it's just like it's been two years since the last one. So here's a new one. Mm. It's like you know I didn't need to hear it. No, I think anything that's that regular like there's no way that they've in my opinion had time to make it exciting. Yeah. Like the one of the most perfect bands I like do you know the OCs yeah 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 it's like they have got you know I, th I think it's about 20 albums in yeah, something yeah. like 10 years I think if you distilled out what's actually good from that there's some stuff of theirs that I really love yeah and then there's a lot of filler and I think I wonder what drove them to just throw it all out like that because it takes them like a month to write and record and then release an album there's some bands that do it really well though I'm not I'm not shitting on the whole idea of it I just think for some people like there are, there just are bands that just pull put stuff out there. Like here's a new song, here's a new thing. When maybe it's half baked. Mm. Um, but like King Gizzard, for example, this year put out, you know, going to put out five albums this year, and I really like every single one they put out. <laughs> yeah. You know. Maybe it's a garage rock thing. Yeah, I mean it works for them though. Yeah. Um, but you know, if if you know if Radiohead put out five albums this year. Do you think they would, you know, they'd all be amazing? Or would you rather they spent five years on it yeah. and then they put out an album which you kind of go, wow, this is actually fucking brilliant? Yeah, exactly. It's the, I think it's always always worth the wait for that kind of thing, isn't it? However, I would wait. Yeah. I would wait, you know, I'd wait forever. Mm. You know, it's like... My bloody Valentine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 20 years between albums. Slow dive. Yeah, it's, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But it's, I, I think it's worth the wait and I think... You know, it's not as if it sounds like he's got old and tired for the second or well, no. the third album, isn't it? ABV. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's still exciting and could have been. It has to know. be. It has to be. Um, you have to naturally want to be doing it. I think. Yeah. I think if you're forcing yourself to do it, it just turns into a job. Hmm. You know. Because I think because they got dropped, didn't they? After yeah. Because the, the first album bankrupt and everything bankrupt the label. And I think that's probably... Because he obviously made a shitload off that album. Yeah, yeah. And did it on his own terms. And that's probably why it took that long. Well, he's got such a cult status as well. You know, I think... You know, maybe at the time there wasn't a demand for them to make any more music. But, you know, 20 years later, there is this, you know, beckoning. Maybe he had 
music written. Mm. Maybe you, you might, you know, because a lot of bands they write they they write a debut album, but they might have the follow up album already written. Mm. You know. Yeah. So maybe you know maybe it was all there, but he just felt like no one wants to listen to it, so I won't put it out. That could be interesting because like everyone, you know, I read a few reviews of it when it came out, and a lot of them were drawing attention to how the fans were so hungry for it and there yeah. was no there was no like bitterness or like people saying oh well who cares like yeah, no, no, such no. a 90s thing people were still well, desperate to hear it I feel like I feel like that's good though in this in this in the world we live in to have because yeah it's just, you can get anything you want all the time the brilliant thing about Spotify is it lets me listen to whatever music I want whenever I want but I value it less you know, mm. I kind of go, you know, I can I can listen to anything. I don't, you know, if I had to buy music and I had to, imagine if you had to listen to everything on on vinyl. I wouldn't listen to half as much music as I do. But at the same time, I think the music I listen to, I'd value it so much more. I think, yeah, I think I'd take, you know, if I buy a CD, I almost want to like it more yeah. than if I just listen to it. Because I, like, Bjork is one of my all-time favourites and I listened to her new album yeah. the other day. And I was like, yeah, it's pretty good. And like, I haven't been desperate to go back and listen to it again. Yeah. But I know if I bought it, and I may still do. Yeah, yeah. That, you know, I, I take that's it like, That's like me with the new Fleet Foxes record, though. I haven't bought it yet. I've listened, I listened to it like twice when I was on holiday. And then I was like, oh, yeah, it's really good on Spotify. And then it's like, new thing. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? New thing. Yeah. It's like, like... Imagine if you had, you know, if your music finally got enough attention to be something that people are like, oh, the new Harry Thomas album is out. Yeah. It'd be pretty, like, soul-destroying to hear someone pass it off like that, wouldn't it? Well, that's how it is, though, now. Yeah. you got to imagine, you got to imagine, like... I think that's just the way it is. I don't, I don't think it really matters, though, if people listen to it or not, because you don't, you don't make the music for other people. Mm. You do it for yourself. Like, I, there is nobody who's like, oh, yeah, I, you know, self-release my own music because I'm going to make loads of money. <laughs> it's like, no yeah you know not now it's just a time sink it's a waste it's a complete waste of time unless you you know absolutely want to do it Mm. you know exactly so Um, I don't I don't really care if people as long as people listen to it and they went oh okay you know either either they were like I didn't like it because of this or I liked it because of this doesn't matter either way as long as you know it affects them in some way because I think in any art form just to look at something and just have no reaction to it. It's like looking at, it's like, you know, when I have no reaction to something, I'm looking at concrete, you know? Yeah, yeah. Or grayscale. It's like, if you're walking down the street and there's a beautiful piece of graffiti on the wall and people stop and look at it, it's like, okay, you know, he's really done something with connecting with people. Yeah. Otherwise, if they weren't stopping and looking, it's just, not, it's just the same as the rest of the yeah. concrete. Yeah. Like, you'd rather have people there. You know, I'd rather people. And, I'd rather people. Yeah, yeah. just scared, like throwing shit. You yeah. know. I think that's yeah. That's yeah. It's pretty cool to. Yeah, you just want a strong feeling, I guess, don't you? Yeah. Mm. I don't think there's anything wrong with people disliking what you do. I don't understand, unless it's you know, unless you're doing something really like terrible. But like, like disliking it for, you know, it, as they don't like your artistic statement. No, yeah, well, maybe they don't like the really controversial lyrics or something, yeah, something yeah, like yeah. that but I think like you know, I, you know I'll go see a band you know, and I, you know I saw a band a couple of weeks ago and yeah I watched them and 
you know, I didn't particularly like the music, but I watched the whole thing because I was interested in it because I didn't particularly like it, though. Really? That makes sense? I was trying to well, listen to it and go, why don't I like this? Did you figure yeah. it out? No. But, <laughs> you know what I mean? They still, they still have my attention, you know? And I remember who they are, mm. that sort of stuff. Yeah. So I think that kind of, to have no impression whatsoever and be completely forgettable is worse, in my opinion. Okay, this is your final question. Harry, given the chance to go back in time and give yourself some advice just starting out in music, what would you say to yourself? I met a guy two years ago when I first, first started out. I was first doing festival work. I was playing at a couple of festivals. I met him at festivals, a guy called Will Varley. He's a singer-songwriter. And he's sort of now, he signed to a really cool indie label... He goes on like, major UK tours, tours in America, tours in Japan. But back then, he'd only just been getting to that point. And I think when I saw him at Bestival, there was only maybe like 10 people there, including the three or four of us who were there. Mm. I was chatting to him after the gig. I was saying, oh, you know, it's amazing you've been signed to, you know, Extra Mile and, you know, this is only going up for you. He goes, yeah, it's, it's yeah, fucking amazing. Mm. But, you know, I'm 28. You know, I started doing this when I was 18. And it's a fucking long road. And there's a lot of time of being like, nothing is happening. Why do I do this? You know? Mm. And you just have to like keep walking down it. Yeah. And you have to stick with it and you have to have the self-confidence to be like, there is a reason I'm doing it. And the reason isn't, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. There's a reason, the reason I'm going to do it is because I want to do it. Mm. And because you want to do it, there will be something there for it. You yeah. have to believe that. Otherwise, there is no point. Yeah. That's what I would say to myself. I'd go, like, yeah. you have to not give up on this because it's what you want to do and therefore there must be a point to it. So, Harry, if someone wanted to listen to your music, how would they find it? At the moment, I am still on sound, uh, Spotify. So you can just put in Harry Thomas on Spotify and I'll come up. That's my old project I used to do. If you want a point of reference, I am on SoundCloud as well now as Harry Thomas, and I will be putting new music up on there when it is ready. So Harry, we're going to play one of your songs now. Uh, how would you like to introduce it? Uh, it's called Grain. It may not be under as Harry Thomas. It may be completely different. It's not fully formed at this point, but you know, fuck it, people can listen to it. So here we go.
Cheers, man.